Hello everyone, welcome back to Disability Discussion. My name is Abigail Bachman and I'm so glad that you're here today. For those of you who are new, this podcast talks about all things of the disability community and certain things that you guys might be interested in. So today I'm super excited. We have Jen with us and Jen has a service dog named Griffin. So a little bit about them is that Griffin helps Jen and works with her to mitigate as many of the everyday effects of Jen's chronic illness as possible. In early adulthood, Jen started having health issues, and gradually as her health declined, symptoms became more and more pronounced, and everyday tasks became more difficult. Jen needed to rely more and more on the people around her to help manage symptoms that could affect her safety and finish necessary activities. She wanted to be as independent as possible, and so she started looking into options that could help. One of the options she found was a service dog, and after researching her rights under the Americans with Disabilities Act, what to look for in a service dog program, and the types of dogs each program trained, she ultimately chose UDS Foundation Service Dog Program, based out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. In October 2018, with the guidance of the trainers, Jen brought home an eight-week-old yellow lab puppy named Griffin, and they started together the journey of the service dog training. So a little bit about the UDS Foundation. In 1965, a local girl named Anna couldn't see Mary Poppins with her friends because she was in a wheelchair and the theater was not handicap accessible. This was an inspiration to create the United Cyril Palsy Association of Lancaster County, known as the UDS Foundation. UDS Foundation is a nonprofit organization based out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, committed to helping people with disabilities lead more independent and fulfilling lives. Over the last 50 plus years, they have been developing services and programs that improve quality of life and expand boundaries. Some of their services include accessible home modification, care management, service dogs, custom wheelchair seating, and more. They currently serve over 5,000 clients in 50 counties that live more independent lives, all thanks to UDS. Jenny, thank you so much for being with us today. It's my pleasure. So I want to talk to you a little bit about how did you hear of UDS? I heard of UDS, which is United Disabilities Foundation, United Disabilities Services Foundation, um, because I was, my, as my health declined, um, I was starting to need more help from the people around me um, and was really trying to look for a way to maintain independence. Um, and so I was researching different options and came across the option of service dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I started the search within the, the area that I live in, um, kind of the southeastern PA um, area, and looked at the different programs and spoke with them, you know, what options did I have with the program, um, how long was it, um, you know, uh, what kind of training they used for their dogs, um, and I... UDS, um, when I met with their trainers, um, I really liked them. I liked their facility and um, the dogs that they had. And um, so I put in an application there um, for their service dog program. And um, I chose to go with 
their um, owner training program. Um, so Griffin and I um, will start it out as a team and we'll always be a team, but that's not necessarily how it usually works. Okay. Um, but that's how I found UDS. So tell me a little bit about that. Tell me about his training and what he does um, in in classes at UDS and what he does at home to kind of learn all those skills. Um, Griffin, I brought Griffin home at, at eight weeks. Um, and since that time, we have a once-a-week formal class that we go to um, that's for an hour with, with the UDS trainers, um, service dog trainers. Um in, in addition to that, there's two other outings a month. Um, one usually is during the, like once during the week, um, and that is to just different places. A lot of times it'll be a grocery store or, you know, somewhere, a big box store like Costco or, or mm-hmm. Home Depot. Um, and then we have a once a month Saturday outing um, that is to somewhere unique, um, a movie theater. Um, we've gone to uh, train museums, we've gone to history museums, science museums. Um, we've done, uh, they have a program with, it's called Red Rose Transit, it's the local Lancaster um, mass transit. Um, and so we did bus rides, um, how to get on and off the bus. Um, so that's, that formal training um, is basically six times a month. Okay. Um, and then at home, Um, The trainers teach me how to train Griffin, essentially. Um, So they started at eight weeks, um, and they taught me how to teach him his name. Um, And that's really where it started, and that is everything that that we teach him is a building block. Um, So we started with his name. Once he started to respond to his name, um, then we we encouraged him to give me eye contact, um, mm-hmm. whether it be freely without being asked or by calling his name. And we rewarded that. Everything is a positive reinforcement. Okay. Um, mo- a, a lot of dogs are um, very food motivated. Um, Griffin is a yellow lab, um, and labs are very food motivated. <laughs> um, so... I have a pouch a lot of times around me um, that has treats in it, usually just pieces of dog food. Um, Sometimes I'll have some higher, what we call higher value treats um, to help teach something new or get his attention refocused Mm. um, back to me. Um, So once he started to give eye contact, um, we added in a word that reinforced um, that eye contact. Um, some places use a clicker, um, but we use, their program uses the word yes. Um, so okay. every time he would look at me, I would say yes and give him a treat. Um, so from that, then we could teach him different positioning, sitting. Um, they taught me how to lure him into a, into a sitting position. Mm-hmm. Um, so once he got into that, I would say yes and give him the treat, and that reinforced that motion of sitting. Um, once he understood that when he sat, he got a treat, then we added in the word. Um, so he would sit down, 
I would say yes. And then the next time when he would sit down, uh, he would sit. I would say sit as he was sitting. And then I mm-hmm. would say yes. Um, so that, re- that added that extra sit in there. Um, and within a very short amount of time, he learned how to sit. We did the same thing with down, um, which is lay down. Um, a stand. I can ask him to stand from a laying or sitting position. Um, and, you know, those kind of things um, all, were all building on each other. How long do some of those skills take to, to master? Some of them are, are super quick. Um, Griffin is, for me, is a fast learner. Um, mm-hmm. and, and most of his um, brothers and sisters are also like that. Um, they, when they're looking at a puppy, the, the trainers actually helped me pick Griffin out of a litter. Um, they looked at some different things like um, temperament and size and, um, you know, just kind of overall activity level. Mm-hmm. Um, so they helped me to choose Griffin. Um, How long does he take to master some of those um, skills? does not take a long time to master. Okay. Um, to master tasks. And um, his brothers but, and sisters, do they seem to be on the same page as him, or is he more advanced? Do they all kind of fall different times? Um, they kind of all learn at different times. Um, there were three puppies in the litter, in Griffin's litter, um, that went into the service dog program. Um, but there are only two, Griffin and one of the brothers. Um, the other dog was released from the program um, for various various reasons. Um, the dogs can be released if they have medical problems. Um, they can be released if they um, aren't understanding what's being taught to them. Um, if they have a lot of energy that really can't be harnessed. Mm-hmm. Um, so then those dogs are placed for adoption. Um, so Griffin and his brother are the two from their litter who are are still in the program. Oh, okay. And, and will finish oh, okay. um, after two years. Does UDS, when you go to these classes, do they have any other animals training in there? I know there's a variety of different kind of service animals, or do they only train dogs? They only train dogs. Um, okay. However, the, the trainers are very um, proactive in getting the puppies who are in the program used to being around a lot of different environments and people and and animals. So they actually have a a kennel cat that was adopted. Um, I I don't know whether he's into the program, um, but he's called the kennel cat. Harris is his name. And um, (laughs) so the dogs are now used to a cat. So, oh, so they don't train him but mm-hmm. for the program, but he is a help with the program. Wow, that's great. I had no idea. Yeah. That's that's actually a really good idea. I didn't even think of, you know, these service dogs are going out in the community <gasps> when my dog sees a bunny or a rabbit or a groundhog even, you know, he's going after it. Um, right. And service dogs, they can't do that. So that's a good idea. That's something you were thinking about so self-control is one of the things that we um that is is encouraged for the dogs um Mm -hmm. 
you know, to, um, and to, to calculate. Griffin knows that a lot of times any kind of stimulation that he gets from the surrounding environment is not usually as good as what I give him, mm-hmm. um, whether it's love or treats or something fun to do. Um, I always want him and, and we're taught to make sure you, that your dogs know that they'll get something much better from you than somebody in the or something in the environment. Mm, okay. And can you go in a little bit? How has Griffin helped you specifically since you've gotten him? Griffin has helped a lot. Um, he, like I said, he was eight weeks when he came home. Um, so he was a lot of work. It's a lot of work to train and um, and housebreak a puppy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that has helped me to that process has helped me to get some to gain some stamina um, being up and around um, going and doing things um, so that's kind of really where he started really young to help me um, when he was about six months old um, he started to um, on his own pick up different health changes so he'll notify me if, if my blood sugar is dropping um, or if my heart rate or gets really high or my blood pressure gets low, um, he will he'll alert to that. Um, with blood sugar, dogs can be taught that um, because it's based on smell. Um, but because of the bonds that Griffin and I have, and bringing him home and having him so young, um, he just innately picks up on that change um, and alerts. How does to me. how does he alert you? Um, originally it started out where he would just, you could tell he wasn't really sure how to let me know. So he would mm-hmm. do things like he would jump on me or, um, you know, come over and pick up my hands with his mouth. Um, but now he's to the point where, um, it's just kind of a controlled alert. Um, he, and it's called intelligent disobedience, <laughs> um, which sounds bad, but it's not, um, when we're he's in vest or we're out in public um he will sit down and he won't do any kind of task that I ask him to do um and I usually know at that point that he is alerting that's the signal to me that he's not going to do anything until I take care of what of the change in my health um and so if I ignore that which I you know, occasionally roll if I'm in an appointment or something, then he'll transition to, he'll come over and he'll pick up my hands with his mouth or he'll, he'll put his front paws on my lap, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of be almost a physical barrier, um, to continue doing what I'm doing. Oh, Um, so. And what are some of the other skills that he's able to do to help you? Um, he has learned to do a lot. He helps me with, I was kind of thinking about it the other day, and really a good way to put it is Griffin helps to minimize the or lessen the amount of energy that it takes me to do a ta- to do something. Um, for instance, wash. Um, he can. I'll bring the basket of wash over to the washer, and he will hand me the clothes out of the basket to put in the washer, so that prevents me from having to lean down for every, you know, every 
pile of laundry, mm-hmm. um, quite a bit. So he'll hand me the laundry. Um, he'll pull the laundry out of the washer if I need. Um, he picks up, up stuff up off of the floor um, if I drop it. Um, so just those little things um, make it so that I expend less energy on doing tasks and just gives me kind of an easier um, makes it a little bit easier to do things um for instance i can the other instances if i need to bring something up from the basement um he'll walk down the steps with me and he can carry something up for me so sometimes that will prevent me from having to go back down the steps um, Mm -hmm. to get you know whatever extra is needed that i couldn't carry um so that in itself is a huge energy saver um so that's those are things that he he does um you know the he has helped to make my health more stable with his alerts and um you know just helping me with with everyday tasks mm-hmm. and some of his brothers and sisters are they able to, are they kind of training the same way that he is or are they specific for um the person that they're working with do they have different tasks um all the puppies are taught the same tasks to begin with. Um, like I said, Griffin and I are a little bit different because he came home, we're owner trained. Um, so Griffin is mine. He came home with me at eight weeks. Most of the puppies in the program, um, for the first eight weeks, I think up until they're 16 weeks or four months, um, they're with a volunteer family with UDS. Mm -hmm. Um, and they help to house break them, you know, house train them and get them um, socialized without being invested. And they'll start so little things like um, sit and, you know, lay down, uh, stay. Um, and then at four months, they go into what's called the Pups in Prison Program. Um, UDS utilizes two. Um, prisons in the state of Pennsylvania. One is a federal correction, correctional institution and one is a state correctional institution. Mm-hmm. Um, so the puppies go there for the next year. Okay. And the they live with the inmates. The inmates are trained um, to be dog trainers. And oh. they train the dogs. Um, the dogs have um, specific trainers that they work with every day. And um, that's how they're trained and then at I think it's 14 or 16 months they are brought back to UDS um, to the actual foundation kennel Um, and the professional trainers train from there very specific tasks that need to be done um, for somebody um, who is going to have them so if somebody's in a wheelchair they will train they'll do a lot of the training sitting in a wheelchair so that the dog gets used to walking next to the chair or, um, you know, how the chair works, um, and doing things that maybe somebody can't bend over to do or can't stand up to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they will be taught very specific tasks for the person that they are going to go to okay. when they're two years old. And what is the difference between a service dog and an emotional support animal? An emotional support animal is usually, it's, it's an animal that provides comfort. Um, 
been trained to perform work or tasks. The definition of a service dog, service animals are defined as dogs that are individually trained to do work or perform tasks for people with disabilities. Um, examples are guiding people who are blind, you know, alerting to people who are deaf, um, uh, alerting and protecting a person who is having a, um, a medical issue. Um, so that's really the difference between an emotional support animal and a service dog. A service dog is task trained to mitigate the person's disability. And I know in the beginning you talked a little bit about ADA. How does that differ from service animals and emotional support animals? ADA is the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act. And under that, um, that is the law that, that states you know, what the rights of somebody with a disability are. Um, And one of those is that, you know, an individual can have a service animal that helps to mitigate their disability. Um, Mm -hmm. They must be trained. They must be task trained. um, So specific things that help with a disability. Um, They must be under the the handler or the owner's control at all times. Um, They are supposed to be non-disruptive. And um, so an emotional support animal is not trained to do those things um, and can can cause um, or can pose a big risk to um, other animals or people in the environment that they are in um, Mm. because they're not trained to deal with certain situations um, in public. We're wrapping it up a little bit here. If you could tell me one thing about service dogs, something that you want everyone to know, what would that be? Um, I think the biggest thing is that a service dog, people need to not interact with service dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, they need to remember that that dog is there for a reason. Um, for instance, with Griffin and I, when Griffin gets distracted by people in, in the community, um, he misses alerts, um, and that it can, is a huge um, risk to my health and safety, mm-hmm. um, and, and I don't think people realize that. So that's one thing that I would really want people to to know is that you know it's not okay to interact with a service dog um, when they are in dust. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for um, talking with us and informing all of our listeners a little bit more about UDS and service dogs. And we will be posting photos of you and Griffin. All right, well, thank you so much again for being here. And we look forward to following your journey and and seeing all of you and, and Griffin's accomplishments. Yeah, thanks for talking with me. And thank you so much.